Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know. First off, I want to tell you how sorry I am about Isaac. 
He was a fine man. A very fine man, Mr. Cockrell. Sure was. Well, being the elected leader in this fort, I thought I'd bring you the good news. Good news? What is it? There's a party leaving to go back to North Carolina in a few days, maybe a week. Oh, but uh, what's the good news for me? That's it, ma'am. The party. Well, I, I don't understand, Mr. Cockrell. Didn't you and Isaac come from North Carolina? Well, yes. Well, ma'am, I figured that without Isaac, you wouldn't want to stay here. Oh, no, you're wrong. I do want to stay. It was our idea, Isaac's and mine, to settle here on our own land and raise our children. I'd like to go on. It was what he wanted. It can't be done, ma'am. What do you mean? Why not? Surely someone's going to stay here. Most of us are. Well, then, can't you please come to the point? All right. A woman with no man's got got nobody to hunt for and build a house for. Every man here takes care of his own family and barely gets along doing that. Any extra that comes along takes away from the others. Oh, I see. You mean I'm not doing my share to support myself and my children? Well, it ain't that you don't want to, Mrs. Johnson, but you're a woman. You can't hunt. But you that can't... isn't all there is to building a new country, Mr. Cockrell. Pretty narrow. What about the children? Children? Yes. They have to be raised as well as your stockades and your forts. And a lot more carefully, because the future of the country depends upon them. I intend to do my share by teaching school. School? We ain't got no school. Oh, I know that. I intend to use one of the houses, anyone. But you I can't was a school teacher in North Carolina. I can teach the children here. Every and... man in this fort teaches his boys how to shoot and build. And every woman teaches her girls how to sew and cook. But not how to read and write. Maybe they had time for that in North Carolina, but in the frontier fort, there's a lot more important things. At the moment, yes. But the children can be taught after they finish their work during the day. Work's never finished in the fort, Miss Johnson. Just one or two hours a day for Miss Johnson, and... that party's leaving for North Carolina, and you and your children's going with it. and go to the stockade. Hurry. And the girls, mm-hmm. help with the washing. Margaret, take the girls. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry, Mr. Cockrell. If, if I'd known you wanted the boys to work on the stockade, I'd have chosen a different time for Because they was in here, there was no logs. Because there was no logs, there was a weak place in the stockade. Any Cherokee to seen that a mile off. Well, from now on, I'll schedule my classes to suit you, Mr. Cockrell. There won't be any from now on. That party's leaving for North Carolina tomorrow, and you're still going with it. I know I've angered you, and I'm sorry. That don't help. Perhaps I was wrong to start teaching here at the fort. Well, I'm glad you see that, ma'am. But when you reach a permanent location, when you get to the bluff, you'll be building and settling there for good. It won't be just a, a way station to rest and reprovision, will it? No, ma'am, but I don't see what you're getting at. You'll be starting a new colony, 
And one day it'll be part of a new country. You'll need a teacher. No. I want to go with you. Please let me. A woman and three children with no man to feed and protect them would be more trouble than they're worth. I can protect myself and my children. Miss Johnson, I've been trying to put it nice up to now, but I'll put it straight and plain. You'll just be in the way. I see, Mr. Cockrell. Very well. I must do as you say. I'll be with that party tomorrow morning. Sorry we couldn't have become better friends. Yes, ma'am. Please believe that I'm not angry. That's nice of you, ma'am. Well, goodbye, Mr. Cockrell. Good. Wait. Yes? You gotta know it wasn't for myself that I did this, but I, I, I got a lot of people to think about. I know. I admire you for that. Maybe. Maybe sometime when things are better, you can come back. And teach school? If you want to. I'll remember that. feel better now, Thomas. Thank you, ma'am. Better get some rest, Miss Johnston. Oh, I'm not tired. Mr. Cockle, have they gone? I don't know. Can't see anymore. It's too dark. But they'll come back, won't they? More than likely. I see. And devilish quiet. How's Thomas? Oh, you won't be able to fight anymore. Not for quite a while. That makes ten of us out of action. It's that bad? Well, well I... you can tell me. Yeah, I reckon I can, Miss Johnson. If the engines attack again like they did this morning, we won't have a chance with ten men out of the fight. Is there anything I can do? Oh, no, ma'am. Lem's out now scouting. Cherokees are up to something, no sure. But they'll wait till morning before they come on us again. You're worried, aren't you? Yes. Mr. Cockrell, maybe you were right when you said there was no room for anyone on a frontier who was a burden. It doesn't seem as though reading, writing, and arithmetic were much good now. I guess they got their place, ma'am. <laughs> but not right now, is that it? 
I don't know. John, John, you here? Yeah, here, Lamb. Let's see. They're up to something, all right. What? They're, they're making ladders out of boughs and branches. I thought so. To climb the stockade? That's right, Lamb. How many of them? Well, if we were to give each one of them a letter, we'd need more than a dozen alphabets. They'll rush us in the morning. They don't care how many of them get killed, just so long as 10 or 15 of them get in the stockade with them ladders. But if they start scaling the walls, it'll be easier to hit them. Oh, no, we can't get at them at such close range with our guns. Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson. Yes, I, I'm right here, Miss Welby. Here's the hot water you wanted. Eliza and the other women are bringing more. Oh, thank you. Put it here and get as much as you can. We'll need it for all those wounded men. Wait a minute. Huh? Hot water. What? Hot water. Lots of it. Scalding hot water. Don't you see? No, I don't. If the Georgies climb their ladders... Hold on them. Barley, must they come up? Yeah, why not? Mrs. Welby, tell Eliza and the rest of the women to get out every pot and pan and tub they can find. Fill them with water. Get it boiling and keep it boiling. All right, Anne. Wait, wait, I'll go with you. I'll help. Mr. Cockrell, if the wounded men need anything, call me. Now, there's the right smart woman, ain't you, John? And Curtie is a new cold and spring. You hear what I said? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you didn't have to hear me. There's only some way to keep this water hot up here on the stockade. <laughs> well, it's hot enough to make a redskin's hide a little redder. They mustn't get in the fort, ma'am. They mustn't. You hear? Well, ma'am. I ain't exactly figured on bowing to them when they rush us. Miss Johnson, will you please get inside one of the houses? Inside? But you need someone to hand the water over. Well, we'll manage that. This ain't no place for a woman. It seems to me I've heard you say that under different circumstances, Mr. Cockrell. But this time I'm not going to agree so easily. You've lost ten men. You need every man left to use his gun. You can't spare a single one to pass this water up to me. I'm in command here, Mrs. Johnson. And I'll take orders from you, Mr. Cockrell. But all our lives are in danger. Our children are down there. We know what will happen if we fail now. We'll pass the water up to you. And I'll be responsible for what might happen to you up here. I haven't asked you to be. Well, we need every man, John. All right, just stay down it. Riot's on time. Claudia, look at him. Ready, hit the ones with the ladder. Hit them first. Robbie, Eliza, Betsy, hurry with my water. To your left, Thomas, to your left. I see him here and get that water. I'm going. Thomas, here. Just in time, a devil's got a ladder up. Here you go. to Frontier Widow, starring Ann Baxter with John McIntyre on The Cavalcade of America, sponsored by the DuPont Company, maker of better things for better living through chemistry. By her quick thinking, Ann Robertson Johnston has been largely responsible for saving Fort Caswell, but she has been wounded. It is now several days after the Indian attack. Recovering from her wounds, she speaks to a visitor. It's very nice of you to visit me, Mr. Cockrell. And I guess you know what that hot water idea of yours did. I'm glad I could help. There's so very little a woman can do. She's more of a burden than anything else. I guess I'll be going. Wait, please, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Well, I guess I had it coming. No, you didn't. 
Everything you said and did was for the good of the people here at the fort. Well, I... What I came to tell you was we're leaving for the bluff. Oh, I see. Women and children are going by boat on the river. And you? Overland with most of the men. We'll get there faster and have shelters set up by the time the women arrive. I reckon the boat trip will take months. Then we'll be saying goodbye again. I guess so. There'll be another party leaving for North Carolina, I, I suppose. Well, ma'am, everybody knows what you did during the raid, and they figure you ain't a burden. You want to go by boat to the bluffs, it's all right with them. I see. Is it all right with you? I abide by the majority, ma'am. Well, I'll drop in again. Oh, uh, hello, ma'am. Hello, John. Thought I'd drop in, too. See you later. Yep, guess so. Well, uh, how are you now, Mrs. Johnson? Oh, much better, thank you, ma'am. Uh, John, tell you? About going to the bluff? Yep. Yes, he told me, Len. <laughs> he was the first one to vote for you going along. Oh? Guess he told you. But not exactly. Fine man, John. Straight as a arrow. Makes some woman a mighty fine husband. Yep, mighty fine. Do you really think so? Sure do. Ain't nobody make a woman a finer husband. Well, how about you, Len? Yes, sir. He's the... Uh, Hmm? <laughs> You're not married. Well, I get you, but I gotta be going. I hope you get better soon. We've been on the river so many weeks now, Captain. How much longer will it take us to reach the bluff? Well, Miss Johnson, I don't know. It all depends on what's going on on shore. On shore? Indians. They've been trailing us all day. But if they meant to attack, they'd have done it before now. Well, we'll know before long. Why do you say that? See that stretch just below us? Yeah. Look how the river narrows down. Barely enough room for us to get past. I see. Be easy for them to start an attack from there. Too easy. Well... Wham. Yep. Uh, you called me? Have the men ready. I'll go back yep. to the rest of the women and children. And try to keep them below the gun holes, Miss Johnson. Out of sight, you understand? Yes. And I understand why. Wait, wait, look it. Look it, Captain. Back water, fast. What's the matter? How are we stopping? Look ahead, ma'am. Indians. Going across the river in canoes. We'd have a right hard time trying to run past them. We've got to. If we stop here, they'll attack from the shore. And if we go ahead. Wait. Look. That canoe in the middle is pulling away from the other. Fire at them. No, no, no. Wait. Look. He's holding up his hand. I bet it's an Indian trick. It may not be. Suddenly, we'll, they wouldn't have sent one canoe, and, and there are only two men in it. It ain't two men. One of them's a squaw. A squaw? They don't need to attack us. They wouldn't bring a squaw along on a war party, and there's no paint on them. Not one's wearing war. And I ain't seen an engine yet what didn't paint up to go on the warpath. Well, see what they want. But keep your guns on them. White man. What do you want? What? White man medicine. Medicine? A full six. Four six. We come both. They will not. Wait, Captain. Let him aboard. He's alone. Keep your guns on him. All right. Come on. Many squaw and papoose got fire sickness. They've got fever. Let me look at the squaw and baby. 
I know white man medicine. I look at Papoose and Squaw. Oh, it's, it's just a little fever. You come to it. Help. Captain, I've got medicine on board. I'm sure I can help. Are you crazy? I forbid it. You know, come. We fight. Captain, the safety of all the women and children on this boat depends on what I can do for the Indians. I don't think you'd be willing to risk lives by refusing to let me go. Would you, Captain? Maybe you're right. But how do we know they won't attack anyway? Chief, if I go with you to make Squaw and Papoose better, you let both go? Let both go. All right. Lem, get me my medicine chest and, and Captain, go ahead to the bluff. You're a very brave woman, Mrs. Johnson. I'm a very frightened woman, Captain. <laughs> I couldn't, John. They mean it wouldn't have let me. Mrs. Johnson was the only one they'd let ashore. Lord knows what's happened by now. If she didn't do any good with that fever, they've... Come on, we'll take a party and go out after her. Sure, I'm ready. Get Clayton, Evan, Clark, about eight men. They're already. Figured you'd be wanting to go out after her. Well, then, come on. All right, boys, come on. Put down the guns. Everything's all right. Nothing's ever all right with injured. Please, they're friendly. I help them. They know it. But they won't stay friendly if you hold on to those guns now. Please, John. All right, Anne. Put down your guns, man. They were bringing me to the bluff when you came up. You all right? Yes, of course. Well, come on, Anne. I'll take you home. Wonderful, John. So green and fertile. This is where we stay. Which is your house, John? The big one? No, but I want to show it to you anyway. John. Oh, John. Benches. Death. One big desk up front. For you, eh? A schoolhouse. Oh, John. Thank you. I was wondering something while we were building it. What were you wondering about? Well, if you plan to spend all your time teaching. Oh, no. I have three little girls to look after. They're keeping pretty busy. Oh, I guess so. Uh, hello, John. Ma'am. Hello, Lamb. Good afternoon, Lamb. You ask her yet, John? Shut, John. <laughs> ask me what? Hey, ain't he ask you for sure? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, dog, John. Maybe I never got past D in alphabet, but I never was that slow. Some men is just naturally shy. Will you, Anne? What, John? I'm building a much bigger house than I'll need for myself. In fact, it's plenty big enough for three little girls. 
than the mother. John Cockrell, the right words are, will you marry me? Yes, I will. <laughs> that was wrong, but it's the right idea. Yes, John, you'll be married here. We'll start our life together in a new country. And we'll watch it grow with our children and their children. Until someday there'll be cities where those plains are. And roads where the Indian trails are now. Yes, John, we'll watch it together. And Anne Robertson Johnston saw her beloved Tennessee become a state in 1796. And the bluffs where she stood that day with John became the capital, Nashville. And true to the traditions of the men and women who founded the state, Tennessee today continues to grow and progress in the ideals for which she fought and was willing to give her life. And today we are indebted to all people like her, Anne Robertson Johnston, pioneer, teacher, Tennessean, American. We'll be back with us in a moment. But first, here is Jane Whitman speaking for DuPont. If you were to drop by a parachute from around the world's plane and didn't know what country you were in when you landed, there are three things, especially at this time of year, that would prove to you beyond any doubt that you were in the United States of America. You'd know you were in this country, first, because you'd see automobiles everywhere. Secondly, Nearly everybody you'd meet would look healthy and well-fed. And third, you would smell fresh paint. To every American, the familiar odor of fresh paint brings back memories of springtime at home. The favorite house paint in America is white paint. And the DuPont Company manufactures a white house paint that actually cleans itself. DuPont's outside white contains titanium dioxide, the whitest known commercial pigment. It is so formulated that as time goes by, a microscopically fine white powder forms on the surface. Heavy rains wash this powder away, taking dust and dirt with it and leaving the surface clean and white again. More than ordinary amounts of dirt in city industrial communities or in heavily shaded locations may delay or interfere with this self-cleaning. This self-cleaning process is so gradual that the wearing qualities of the paint film are affected little, if at all. There's a lot more to applying paint than just brushing it on. If you paint your house this spring, we'd advise you to call in your painting contractor. He knows how to prepare the surface, which areas need extra protection against weathering, all of the important details which mean a satisfactory, longer-lasting job. Outside white house paint is one of the DuPont Company's better things for better living through chemistry. Now, 
Starr, and Baxter. In playing Ann Robertson tonight, I was reminded of the important place our teachers have held in the building of our country. I've always been very proud of America's insistence on proper education. But the other day, I learned that in the last five years, our schools have suffered a loss of over 350,000 teachers who have turned to more profitable work. Today, with 70,000 teaching positions open, many schools have been compelled to close. Many more are understaffed. This is a serious condition that we all ought to worry about because the main victims are the children themselves, and through them the future of the country. Possibly it's our own fault because we're too inclined to let the other fellow do something about it. Now, if this problem exists in your community, won't you join with others to give some real thought to bring the boys and girls of our country the kind of education they should have? It's really important. three letters of our alphabet known today to every American. To us, they stand for tireless, brilliant guardianship of America's safety. They are FBI. Next week, Cavalcade brings you a story of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. School for Men, starring Gregory Peck on the Cavalcade of America. Music for the DuPont Cavalcade is composed and conducted by Robert Armbruster. Our Cavalcade story was written by Priscilla Kent and Agnes Eckhart. Ann Baxter appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox and may currently be seen in the Daryl F. Zanuck production, The Razor's Edge. In the cast with Miss Baxter tonight were John McIntyre as John, Horace Murphy as Lem, and Ed Max, Bill Johnstone, and Nanette Vellone. This is John Easton inviting you to listen next week to Gregory Peck in School for Men on the Cavalcade of America, brought to you by the DuPont Company of Wilmington, Delaware. The Cavalcade of America came to you from Hollywood. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.